welcome to It's Mostly About Video Games, a podcast that's mostly about video games. You don't say. I'm Connor, and I'm joined, as always, by my intolerable co-host, Logan. Logan, how you doing? You know, I'm glad that you're always Connor. That's a good thing. And I'm doing great, thank you. Well, today, much to my chagrin, we're going to be talking about a game called Titan Quest. Specifically... Titan Quest Anniversary Edition. Yeah, we are. It's a sort of an action RPG that came out in 2006, and it's available on Steam. And that is what we played it on. Woohoo! So, Logan, how long have you been playing Titan Quest for? Oh, boy. Uh, I've been playing it... I want to say I started, like, a few years after it released, and it's basically been on and off since. Like, I've never really sat down and played the game like i've never no lifed it or like went super hardcore all in on it but i always have it installed on whatever computer i have and i just keep it in my library basically like it just it's just there sometimes i'll get an itch to run up a new character and go do some crazy builds that i come up with and have some fun in greece before we get into our review of the game let's give it a brief overview it's a top-down perspective isometric it's not isometric. Yeah, it kind of is. It's isometric. It's isometric. Anyways, that's not what this podcast is about. Your character's always in the center of the screen, and the controls are relatively similar to something like a PC MOBA or, or a real-time strategy game. The game begins, and you are a nameless warrior who helps people with their problems and kills everything that's not human that moves, and even some things that don't move. <laughs> I was going to say, like... Like, problems are very subjective because it's not like we help people plow the field or or go, like, run a package somewhere. It's like, if your problem involves obliterating something that's living, I'll help you with that. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're here for the loot. We're warriors out to get loot. That's the real real premise of the game. It's the whole point. Kill stuff. To get even better loot. To replace your good loot. But it's not good anymore because the stuff you just killed has better loot. And then the cycle never ends. So I figured that the way we would do this review is by breaking this game down into multiple different facets. Sort of talking about the gameplay, music, visuals, and story, if there is one. And some of these topics will sort of bleed into one another, of course. But at the end, we'll give it our final thoughts and summarize our feelings. And then we'll give it a score out of 10. And that'll be a wrap. Let's start with the gameplay, as that's sort of the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the whole point people play is is for the gameplay, for sure. I mean, the aesthetic is nice, too, because it is ancient Greece. Um, If we're talking about gameplay, that is where the setting of it, Greek mythology. Now, excusez-moi, you do have um, the expansions that get, like the latest one, Eternal Embers, uh, DLCs, they get more into different um aesthetic like there's some egyptian influence that i've noticed i didn't actually play um the eternal embers dc uh, dlc you have an atlantis style one you have like a ragnarok which is obviously north norse mythology so they did branch out a little bit in this game but for the most part the original inception of titan quest is heavily greek mythology which is really nice actually i I enjoy that quite quite a lot so me and logan actually got to play this game together it is multiplayer, and we got to select our classes very early on. He chose a healer, and I chose a mage class uh, as our as our first classes. 
but as you progress through the game, you can unlock a second class that's in addition to your first class. Kind of like a lot of JRPGs have a similar element, sort of like a, a job system or something. Dual class. Dual class systems. One of the things I don't like about this game, and it's honestly, in my opinion, one of its biggest flaws, is that it locks you into your class. Once you choose it, that's it. You can't go back. Your choice is final. And that's not just for your first class. It's for both your first and second class. Yes. It can kind of it can kind of get uh I don't want to say daunting, but frustrating. Like if if because I've played the game over so many years, I know what I'm going for every time I like roll a new tune or I want to try something out. I know what I'm going for and I kind of just stick to it. Although I was a little indecisive when we were playing cuz I never really played with others before. I kind of did it solo. So when you jumped on with me, I was like, what is this? There's another person playing with me. <laughs> but um yeah, the class picking is final. You can redo your, um, te- like, uh, I don't know, talent points, I guess, ability points, mastery points, whatever you call them. You can redo that. Um, you can pay for it and you get them all taken away and you can respec your class. But once you pick your two classes, donezo. So if you're going through it for a first time, I would do some research just so that you can kind of get a feel for it. Or if you're like me and you're playing a new game, don't research it. Go in completely blind so you can enjoy the whole experience because that's also... That's a fun way to game. Really is. You level up real slow in this game. And when you get a level up, you get three skill points. You can use those three skill points to do one of three things. A, you can unlock a new skill. B, you can upgrade a skill you already have. Or C, you have this sort of class meter thing that you can put your skill points into. That will give you a minor stat boost, but it's primarily used to allow the unlocking of later skills. For example, some skills you can't unlock until you've put, you know, something like 16, 24, or even 40 points into this class meter. So that's that's one of the things I really didn't like about this game, is that we would spend all of this time grinding and grinding, and when you level up, you get a measly three skill points and they would do next to nothing for you because you're forced to dump them into this class meter and I, I i really can't stress how slow of a grind this is you're only getting level up like once maybe every 20 minutes it is a slow grind it's well and there's two of us too so you have to remember that um i'm pretty sure it works off of shared xp Again, I've never played with anyone else when I've done this through my years of playing, but I think it works off a of shared, so you should level faster as a solo. Um, but that that he he's absolutely right, though it is a grind. But that's the point of this game. It's it the game is about the grind completely. Like this story will not change your world, and if it does, then we need to get you educated on some good stories then, because um, it's not you're not in it for the story really. It's there. It's nice to have a direction to go with because it's not a sandbox game so it gives you some kind of idea of what you're supposed to do and you have little side quests too which are kind of eh i never out of all the quests and side quests i never did one and thought to myself wow i really enjoyed the the development of that side quest it was more like oh if i do this side quest i get a free attribute point i'm gonna do the side quest that's kind of that was kind of the point of the, of the, the side quests and the main questing too so um 
but it's about the loots. So fight, 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 grind, 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 get better loot, get more levels so you can get better loot. And then a nice mechanic in the game, because maybe it's because I'm I'm kind of an old school gamer sometimes with how I play. Because modern games now, there's so many things packed into them. You're just never bored. And, and they keep you... They keep you doing different things in your games. You're never doing the same activity for very long. But I come from the games where if you like like old JRPGs, if you wanted to progress through the story sometimes, you would hit these roadblocks where you were forced to to basically wait a couple hours and grind your face off in order to progress because you you come across a part in the story or a boss where you're underpowered. So now you have to grind that area until you're strong enough and you continue. So sometimes I just like turning my brain off. I don't want to think. I just want to run in circles and go like in massive hobo murder mob destruction mode. And then save, exit, load back in, everything's respawned, and I do it again. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can understand enjoying grinding. There's plenty of games that I've played where I'll grind, and that's just part of the experience. You know, we both play Destiny, and, and there's a grind in that game for sure. Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know earlier today i was playing some of the first xenoblade game <clears throat> the best one and i was grinding against some particular bosses trying to get some specific armor drops so grinding isn't something that like i'm inherently opposed to but one of the things i noticed throughout this game is that all of the enemies even though they look different and have different designs for the most part they function basically the same and a lot of the weapons and armor aren't super unique other than just having a higher stat total some specific armor pieces later on do have interesting effects that you can use to influence your build but for the most part this game is just a giant stat check it's not really about strategy there's not a ton of interesting decisions to make it's mostly just you know make number go higher brr <laughs> brr big big number big damage <laughs> And, and that's true to a degree especially for like the melee classes it's me me thinks me number big well me thinks me club hit hard like that's basically how it works for the melee classes um but as because we didn't beat the whole game together i've beaten i've beaten titan quest immortal throne quote unquote the anniversary edition that came out later which covers those two original titan quest and immortal throne dlc um that's like the anniversary edition. I've only ever beat that. I haven't beat the other DLCs just because, you know, I don't, I'm not like the biggest diehard fan of this game. And we only played together. We didn't get that far because um, we didn't finish the base game together. Um, but when you, when at first, yes, everything is completely 110% a stat check because your, your character's still new. You know, your baby fresh eyes, you don't have that many abilities. But as you do progress further in the game, you do get item sets, which I love in games because they're very MMO-esque, and I love that. It basically, an item set, if you're not familiar with it, it generates your armor. I mean, your weapons can play a part too, but generates your armor. So you'll have like a, a set of armor with a, a similar name to each part of it. And if you equip two pieces of that set, you get an additional bonus. And if you equip three pieces, it's another bonus. And then four pieces, another bonus, so on and so forth. Um, and then they are usually, in this game at least, they're specific to the classes. So sometimes, if you have a certain set on, it'll actually give you um, skill points of that tree. 
you know, give you like one of every single ability that you that you can or one of a certain ability, which is kind of nice. You know, it's nice. I liked it. Oh, yeah, I do think that part was pretty cool. But I mean, we played for like seven or eight hours. It was a it was not an insubstantial amount of time. And we both put so much time into it and the gameplay didn't change at all. Oh, it's very repetitive. Yes. I I totally understand. Like we both love JRPGs, even old JRPGs. And it's very common in those games that in the early game, you know, all you can do is sort of just hit the enemy, but they get a lot more interesting way sooner than 8 hours in. We'll get into this later, but I'm going to compare this game a lot to JRPGs because they do have a lot of similar mechanics and I just want to touch on this point briefly. I'll expand, I'll expound on it more during our final thoughts. But in games like old JRPGs, even if the gameplay is simplistic to begin with, I'm still interested in playing the game because it does other stuff that I like. Like the music could be really good, or the story and the characters can be interesting, or maybe it has cool visuals or creative area designs or just anything like that. And all of that stuff that's separate from the gameplay keeps me invested. Titan Quest did not have any of these other elements to keep me interested. And the gameplay, you know, wasn't that great either. I mean, unless you like this type of gameplay and endlessly grinding mobs just because you want to get the biggest stats and the biggest loots, um, you'd have to really like that in order to really enjoy this game. Because the hooks... And especially comparing it to modern games, uh, the hooks aren't really there as far as like an, a super amazing plot. And the music is, oh my gosh, this music, like I could just listen to this all day and, and, and just happen to have a game on top of it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's not there. I, I think, I mean, it's just my opinion. I could be wrong, obviously, and I'm wrong about a lot of things. But uh, the reviews for this game are mostly positive, but I think that's probably because a lot of the people making the reviews are people like me. Who, who played the game from its inception, who came from that style of gameplay. Like, I played the mess out of the original Dungeon Siege, and it reminds me so much of it. So, I like it because of nostalgia. But if you were to take this to, like, a, a brand new gamer audience, I don't know if it would do that well. Yeah, and we'll have the whole conversation later about age and how that affects the game. Because I think there's a lot of old games, games even older than this, that if they came out today, would still be extremely well-received. Yeah, some games, yes. I don't know that this game would do particularly well if it were to release today. I really don't think so. I have some more quick notes on gameplay. Um, one thing is that there is so much loot in this game. So much loot. Every enemy drops like two weapons yeah. and some armor. Yeah. <laughs> There's just drops all over the dang place and the enemies are often very weak but very abundant yep there were some times when we would just walk into a cave and kill like nine spiders and suddenly the floor would just be awash with swords and armor and other items you couldn't even see the stone underneath <laughs> no that that's the thing about these games is yeah the loot is everywhere so i mean depending if you like money or not um you'd have a lot of the gameplay is spent porting back to town and selling everything and then going back picking up 
transporting back to town, selling everything. It's a good way to get your money up, but it's it's that's a slog. That's just another part of the game that I found monotonous. There's this overabundance of loot, but 99% of it is worse than what you have. Even later on in the game, almost every enemy drop is just the most garbage sheer white loot. And there's so much of it. So if you want to benefit from these drops, the only thing you can do is take them back to town and sell them. But even then, they don't give you a ton of gold, and your inventory is pretty limited. So it would take a long time to pick everything up and go and sell it, and that's just monotonous and repetitive. And so it makes a lot of the enemy drops basically completely meaningless. I think that this game could really benefit from tightening up on the enemy drops, just reduce the amount of them that you get, but make them have a higher amount of quality per drop. You you do get some bag space as the game progresses, as like naturally from like quests and stuff, like the main story. It's not a lot, but you do get some more. Um, and a lot of, as you go through the game, like there'll be a lot of space eaten up by things you want to keep. Um, I'm also a hoarder when it comes to games like this. Like I love items, so like like rare stuff, I have a hard time parting with because me likes items a lot. But um, I do know in Torchlight, which is a game we might play later. Um, Torchlight, there's Torchlight 1, Torchlight 2, uh, Torchlight 3, or Frontiers. I don't know what's going on with that one, so we're just going to focus on 1 and 2. They have a system in 2, at least, because I played 2, I never played 1, um, where you have, like, a pet with you, and you can, you can send it to town. So, like, it has its inventory, and you can send it to town to sell things for you, and then it'll come back. So, like, anytime I, I... Instead of having to walk all the way to town or port to town or whatever, my inventory get full with sellable loot, give it to the pet, send it off, and it would sell it for you. So I, I think that mechanic would have done pretty nice for this game. Yeah, you know, something along those lines, you know, just, just anything to make it less tedious because we ended up ignoring a ton of the enemy drops and it made a lot of the enemy encounters feel pretty trivial because the experience they dropped was oftentimes irrelevant. And by the end of the fight, it was like, you know, what was the whole point of that? <laughs> For, but what if you get that really epic drop? Sometimes it could happen. That's why we kill every skeleton we see. I guess? I don't know. I don't like being at the mercy of RNG, said the Destiny player. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we can't escape RNG. RNG will, will haunt us no matter what we what we do. Um, a nice mechanic in the game, though, a big a big sport people like players do is they'll grind, they'll farm bosses to try and get like the really nice loot um, and have it drop. So basically in this game, when you save and you exit and you go back into the game, everything respawns, even bosses. So what you can do is like find your checkpoints, your rebirth fountains, um, and you basically you activate them. And when you log back in, the last one you activated is where you will appear when you save. So what you can do, like certain parts in, in the game, there'll be a boss nearby, a fountain. So you basically go to that fountain, activate it, kill the boss, pick up whatever loot is from the boss or whatever chest they have, save, quit, go back in the game, and you redo that thing. Like there's been times where I just sat there at one boss location and just grinded it for hours trying to get like the best possible loot um, because I'm greedy for it. But I do like that mechanic though. It was very nice. I'm on board with that too. Making it easier to target farm a specific boss is good, but 
I think you have to jump through some hurdles to do that, you know, having to exit and go back in. It's not it's not really all condensed within the game itself. Well, I mean, but you don't have to completely leave the game, though. So you can just, like, save, quit, exit to main menu, and hop back in um, from, like, the single-player mode if you're doing it by yourself. Which, because this game is old, it doesn't, like, it loads almost instantly. On, on modern, you know, rigs, it's it's an instant load. So you're not sitting there waiting for, like, three load screens before you go back in. It's it's pretty fast. Um, yeah, that, that's true. I, I understand that. But that's not my my point being is that that's sort of an out-of-game experience. You have to leave your world. I don't think the designers were ever thinking to themselves, oh, here's the part where the player will exit to the main menu. <laughs> You're just raging, monster-slaying, ravager, hobo-killing, kill-spree death man who likes loot. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know, speaking of raging, another aspect of the gameplay that I take issue with, and I take a lot of issues with this game so buckle in yeah we're buckling in (laughs) here it comes i thought that not only was the build crafting limited by the fact that you can't unspec out of something once you spec into it and the fact that you level up so slowly but all of the skills they all felt you know with some exceptions pretty similar or insubstantial I would rather have my character only be able to equip like five or so spells at a time and have each one be super impactful and unique where I have to think about when to use them. But instead I had like 10 different spells and all of them were pretty similar. I had the spell that shot three fireballs and then that does damage. And then I had another fireball that you throw like a volleyball and that did damage. And then, you know, I spec into Dream, and then you've got the, the one spell where you just unleash this big wave that does damage. But that was a slow. That was a slow, though. <laughs> it barely slowed. You couldn't even tell. It barely slowed, yeah. Ky- Connor Connor was the caster, so I guess we should talk about our builds a little bit. Um, I'll start with mine. I was a the Wanderer, which is basically a druid. I think it's called Wanderer, because I wanted to, to have buffs and heals. And I wanted to have pets because you can summon like a wolf pack and like like nymphs too or fairies or whatever. But I spec'd out of the wolves because honestly you have to dump a lot of points for them to be useful and to start getting multiple ones. So I just went into the buffs and healing side of it. Um, and the healing came in clutch because there was a lot of times where Connor was still learning like how the mobs aggro. And he would pull like 30 mobs. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> and I gotta heal him because they're like... He's a caster, so he's he's squishy as can be, and his HP bar is just like oh, being obliterated. The nice thing about Wanderer though is their buff. It's like Heart of Oak, I think it's called. Super fantastic buff. Like the passive buffs in this game on some, certain classes are amazing. Every when you skill into it, it increases your maximum HP and your movement speed. Like that's insane for a game like this. Like having having that movement speed buff is huge so i did that and for my second class i went for um i think it's called defense defensive or whatever basically the tank the tank class um that way i could like hold aggro because connor went like full damage so i could hold aggro i could be a tanky boy then i can also heal myself so i never die the tank class also has a passive buff that they put on so i was like like a paladin from from uh warcraft basically i just had buffs buffs for days and i liked that 
But it was kind of obsolete. I figured after a little bit, once Connor put enough points into his class, and and he can he can say why. Oh yeah, that one was pretty cool actually. That was the one spell I had that I thought was you know really unique and impactful. One of the only things I could do that wasn't just more damage. You get to summon this cool earth elemental as the lava mage class thing, and he did most of the tanking for us later on. That thing was was tanky because it was like you only had a level one right and that thing would not go down so completely wasted my whole second secondary class because he just summoned a rock guy (laughs) and that's what i'm talking about though this game i think really hamstrings itself by making your choices irreversible you know that's the whole point of games to me like this is the decision making because you know this game doesn't have a story the music is non-existent practically. The visuals are mediocre, but we'll get onto that later. And I think removing the ability to experiment just really sucks the fun out of it. Because the gameplay itself isn't super fun. You're just, you know, you run around and you spam your hotkeys to launch your spells at enemies and what have you. But it's all it's all very minimal. And it's kind of monotonous. And I'm okay if the actual execution of the gameplay, like what I mean by that is running around and actually, you know, getting into battles. I'm okay if the that aspect is kind of mediocre. Because there's a lot of old JRPGs where at the end of the day, the actual in-battle gameplay kind of boils down to you just push a couple buttons and your character does the thing. And you might think to yourself, oh, that wasn't very exciting. All I did was press A. But the fun part of games like that is when you're into your menus and you get to think and come up with a build and stuff. And the actual execution is you just kind of get to see it in action. You're not actually trying super hard once you're in the battle. But pre-battle, coming up with your build and then watching it work is fun. Because there's cool decision making. But it's not really that way in this game. There's a lot of stuff that's mostly just a stat check. There's not a ton of diversity. There wasn't really any cool synergies that you can do in your build. And because you can't experiment, it super restricts your creativity. I'm going to compare this to a more modern RPG, which isn't really fair, but it was fashioned off older games, and that's Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler had a really good idea that I think this game could have benefited from. Each character in Octopath had the main class they started with, just like how in this game you start with one class, and that was set. But later on, when you unlock a second class in that game, you could swap it on the fly. And it had this cool dual class system where class one was set in stone, but class two, you could change on the fly. And, you know, it's just something, anything that this, they could have added to this game that would have allowed me to be more creative and experimental would have really made the experience better. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially with how long it takes to grind a character and get levels like because, for example, you get your secondary class at, what, level 10? So it it takes a little bit to get to level 10. Not a big deal. But what if you, you just spent the last 10 levels in one class and you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this class. Let me let me try and pick another class. And remember, just like every leveling game, well, most of them, when you level, it, you have to get more XP to get to the next level than the last level. And every level, the XP pool gets larger and larger that you need. So maybe you pick your secondary class and you grind it all the way to level 20 and you're just like you know what this class ain't for me well sucks to suck i guess you got to roll a completely new character 
get it back to 20 to make that decision again if you like the next dual class combination you like. So I could see how someone trying this game, not really enjoying the classes they pick, and then be like, I'm not going to grind another character just to find out I don't like it again. And play the same, because you'd be playing the same exact content you just did. It's not like, well, maybe you can start in this zone this time and, you know, do these quests and fight these monsters. You're going through the same track every single time. So you better know what you pick or you're going to regret it. Of course, some people are cool with that. But for like we talked about earlier, modern audiences, nah, nah, they'd be over it. Well, I didn't really have any more notes for gameplay. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Yeah, so if you're a bit if you're a fan of of just those old school dungeon type crawler hack and slash ARPG whatever you want to call it, um, this this game is good for that. It is good for that because there, in its field of what it does, it is quality. The combat is quality. Um, that if you're into just stat checking and that's all you care about and you want big loots, you want to just massacre hundreds of enemies in a, in a rampaging tornado of destruction and death. The game is good for that. You don't care about the story. If you like get off of work and you only have a half hour to play before you have to do other stuff, this game is perfect for that. You just want to grind bosses just to see what kind of shinies you can get. Game is perfect for that. But beyond that, beyond its realm of like its small like niche expertise, um, there's not really a whole lot of replayability with it or stuff to do. Because once you go through the game, you've kind of you kind of done it. Like the game's over. Um, I just replay it again because of nostalgia. And even at that, it takes me like a couple years. Like, I'm not doing this every month. I'm not doing this every year. It'll be like a couple years before I'm like, oh, you know, I haven't played Titan Quest in a while. Let me go play that game. And the fact that they've been releasing DLCs for it does give breath to the game. But if, if it was just like the original game, the original expansion, I think hardly anyone would be playing now. So... Yeah, but it, it's worth a try. Definitely worth a try. It's not free, so you do got to spend money, drop some money on it. But it's worth a shot. Let's move on to visuals and audio. So, you know, right off the bat, and this is the one thing, actually, now that I think about it, it might be the single most interesting and memorable thing about this game to me, is that uh, everything is voice acted everything you walk into a town and you've got your main story quest givers they're voice acted your side quest givers are voice acted random npcs they're voice acted there is so much voice acting and it's not awful but i feel kind of bad because you know we never listen to the voice acting you know the story in this game is just an afterthought you go in and you click on a guy, and he's like, hey, can can you... And then you just click again and move on. Yep. <laughs> hey, can you... I, I, there, but... The, quest accepted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's some guy who spent all this time sitting at his microphone, reading off lines on a sheet of paper, and everyone just breezes past it. Nobody cares. No one cares. No one cares at all. No, and it's it is kind of funny, but but it is, there is a special charm to it, knowing that fact that like you're play you're not expecting it when you play this game. Like you make your character, character oh yeah, character customization. By the way, when you first start, you have man, woman, and then you have 
my tunic is this color or my tunic is that color. Me play game now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that was so dumb. I remember starting this game and it comes to me with this premise, this this facade of character customization. Yeah, that's what it is. You know what I thought was dumb is that it doesn't even show you what your character's going to look like until after you've made your decision. That's true. Because there are no decisions to make. That's why. I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I'm guy with blue. <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, that's that's what I look like. That's, yep. Like, that's, and I think that's why they, because they, I mean, the devs knew what they were doing. They went right to the gameplay on this one. They're like, nah, we ain't got time for people to spend an hour in the customization lobby. We need to get them in this game stat so they can hear our voice acted lines. <laughs> so they're just like, mm, man, woman, okay, tunic. You don't, you don't have any other choice. You're wearing a tunic and you get these colors. Go. <laughs> it's like, you know, whatever. I don't really care. I wasn't really looking for customization, no, no. so you know you're right. It's it's not really what the game's trying to do, so that's fine. It's whatever. No, no, and and plus your items do show in your character, so what you equip, like you see. So even if you had crazy customization, it'd be hidden behind the armor and weapons that you pick anyway. But it's just it's just funny when you go in, you're like man, woman, tunic, bah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I actually would prefer customization. It's more like this. That's super minimal. As opposed to something like, you know, I don't know, Monster Hunter World, where you can spend 45 minutes so on the character customization long. screen, and then like mm-hmm. 99% of the time you're wearing armor that completely obscures your face, and it doesn't even matter. So, you know, I don't I don't mind this at all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's covered. Completely. Which, speaking of Monster Hunter, we should definitely do an episode on that. But re-roll. Re-roll completely. And... We have to choose completely brand new weapon types. I think that would be fun. I I I will struggle with it because I love longsword so much. That's all I want to play in that game. So I will struggle, but I'll do it. I'll do it for the for the podcast. Yeah, that'll that'll come around in about I don't know five years. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. One thing that was uh, disappointing with the visuals in this game is that, you know, well, if you look at something like Final Fantasy VI or VII, even if the gameplay isn't super noteworthy, the battles are still entertaining because a lot of the enemy designs are noteworthy. You know, like Mm -hmm. in Final Fantasy VII, you fight a freaking house for crying out loud. (laughs) Ah, the house monster. Most of the enemies in this game are the most standard bargain bin enemy designs. You've got generic fantasy monsters, and it does the the RPG thing where it's like birds, animals, and they're just all randomly hostile. <laughs> a, a boar, <laughs> rampaging pack of boars want you for some reason. On a more positive visual note, the ragdoll effects in this game. Yeah, they're pretty fun actually, especially because Connor's class had the you know the like the fire mage thing. He'd, he'd throw globs of fire and, you know, satyrs would go flying across the screen. Pretty fun. That was one of the most satisfying things to do. You know, you just you just chuck this soccer ball of fire into a group of enemies and suddenly... Pfft, enemies go flying everywhere. That was fun. I like that. Another trope that you see in a lot of games like this... like And I get it, too, if... Because it was made in 06, so technology was at a different place. And I don't know how big THQ Nordic was back then. 
Um, I don't know if they're bigger now, honestly. I'm not sure how they're staffed. But so like like the satyrs, for example, it's one of the first enemies you you fight. One of the most the first basic generic mobs that you kill is a satyr. Once you get far enough, you then get to the more powerful, more widely known dark satyrs. They're exactly the same, except they just tandem a little bit, and they're higher level. And you see that a lot. Yeah, pallet swapping is definitely a thing. And, you know, it's something a lot of games do, to be fair. And sometimes it makes sense, and sometimes they'll give it a pass or even applaud it. Like, if there's two enemies and their attack patterns are similar, but they have slightly different spins on it or something, then pallet swapping can actually be a pretty effective way of giving the player information. But in a game like this, where it's just a stat check, and it doesn't really inform you of anything, then it's it's just not that interesting. You know, even if they wanted to do something like have an upgraded satyr, it would have been cooler to have a more imposing visual design, like an actual model change. Instead of, oh, oh it's just the same one, but it's darker. But 10. <laughs> ah, he, he got a 10, I see. <laughs> yeah, it it's... But but again, with the technology at the time, because I, I try not to be too critical because I'm not sure in, entirely... What the like, the, the, if they were if they were cutting edge and they were pushing all the limits back then, I'm not entirely sure because back then I wasn't paying attention to these things. I was just smashing my head on the keyboard, hoping that something magical would happen, and it did. So I I think the visuals in this game are actually some of the most mediocre I've seen, and you know as we're as we were playing together, I would bring up with you some of my beef about the visuals. And Logan would defend the game, saying things like, oh, you know, you gotta give him some slack. You know, it's okay that 99% of this game is orange and earth tones. Yeah, orange and earth tones, man. So, before we recorded, I did some research on some other games that came out in a similar era. So this game came out in 2006, and there is no excuse for how visually bland this game is. So... The first Metroid Prime game came out in 2002. That still looks great today, and it has way more interesting enemy and area designs. Knights of the Old Republic came out in 2003. Portal, which looks leaps and bounds above this game, came out just a year later in 2007, and that was also based on an engine that Valve used in prior games before Titan Quest came out. So no, there's no excuse for how bland this game is. It's not pushing the boundaries of visuals, technologically speaking, but, you know, that's not really the important part. It's also just so uninspired. It's just grassy orange meadows, caves, mountains, and the like. There are older games than this that look better because they have more interesting art direction. Yeah, well, and definitely at the beginning parts, it's bland, but it does it does expand itself later. Like, when you, when you get um, past into the immortal throne expansion and then you get into the other dlcs like there are more colors more more variables more types and stuff like that but there is a special charm to the game because like if you came from dungeon seed for example you're going to like this game for what it is do your research before you start your builds though definitely because you don't want to be going down a build path and then and have to re-roll and or or maybe you'll enjoy the journey and, and you don't mind spending that time i mean everyone games differently so who am i to say how to play this game. But I, I like it for what it is, and I always will. Me me thinks me like shiny loots. Well then before we finish up, do you have any final things to say about the visuals and audio specifically? 
Uh, videos and audio, visual and audio. No, I think we're fine. I think it's very, it's, it's, it's like standard, I would say. It's not amazing. Like, it's not a sound score like any actual, you know, JRPG. And you're, a lot of the sounds and enemy types, like when you fight them, are probably pretty stock. But it's not so bad where it's like, re, I can't listen to this or I'm going to die. I think it's just meh. It's standard. Yeah, I, I agree. It's very uninspired and it's bland, but, you know, it's not offensive. It's not like the enemies or designs are hideous or janky looking. It all functions. You can tell what everything is by looking at it. And the sound effects weren't grating either. It's not It's not that they're bad. It's just, it's all boring. Anyways, now I think it's time to move on to the topic everyone's been waiting for. Let's talk about the story. Okay, now that that's over, let's move on to our final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a video game all right logan are you ready to summarize your feelings on the game and you know score it out of 10 yeah i think i think i kind of summarized my feelings several times so i'll just give it a score for me i would score this i would score this a score that has a score so i will say the score is eight out of ten i would give it an eight out of ten N- nostalgia that's i think nostalgia plays a lot for me but um for for what the game is for what the game focuses on it does it really well even if you have nostalgia and like this game it's at most a seven you know to me a seven is like oh you know that's pretty good but an eight is like wow this is great and this isn't great for its for its purpose yes if i if i were to compare it to all the other games i'm probably going to play almost every other game that i have before this but if i'm just comparing it for what it's like i don't know job is i guess for what it's meant for for it's for itching that scratch that you have i think it's an eight out of ten it'll itch it every time but that scratch doesn't come very often if that makes sense well i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah so what do you rate it as so if i had to describe this game in one word it would be unremarkable there is nothing in this game that is so bad that it made me gawk at how horrible it was you know it's not superman 64 or anything but there's also really nothing that's good it's just every decision that they made was like the most bland uninteresting thing there are some games that i enjoy because they are cool and because they're cutting edge and innovative or unique but there are also games that i enjoy that on a surface level are kind of standard they don't need to reinvent the wheel or anything but they just take a tried and true concept that might seem bland, but then they just execute on it very well. You know, something that comes to mind is something like Shovel Knight. It's sort of a generic platformer, but it's just a generic platformer that they executed on to perfection. You know, this game is neither. It's not innovative or interesting. It doesn't have any unique takes on a concept, which is fine. It doesn't have to be innovative or interesting. Not, But it also just didn't execute on what it was going for very well either. I would have preferred a less polished game that had more personality than this one. This game has a decent level of polish in some areas, but there's just nothing of note here. And even with how bland it is, I would be able to look past some of these things and just sort of accept it for what it is. But the game just takes so long. It's such a slow slog. So even if it was 
you know, sort of mediocre and bland, if it at least moved at a brisk pace, I would be able to have a little fun with it. But this game is just a chore. So, you know, I, I can give it a 3 out of 10 at best. To me, it was a completely forgettable experience. Ooh, that's rough. I will say, though, that I did actually have fun while I was playing the game with you, but that's just because hanging out with you is at least a 5 out of 10, you know, which is a lot better than what this game can manage. Ah, uh, you better relax with that. You better relax with that, shoot. <laughs> well, I enjoyed playing the game with you, but this, you know, it's not something I would ever play by myself. Yeah, I, I figured as much. That's why I wanted us to do it together. You know, get it, uh, record a nice episode for the podcast because I figured you'd never play this game by yourself, which is fine, you know, to each their own, right? To each their own, I guess. Well, do you have any final thoughts before we close out? Nope, that's it, you know. It's it's not too expensive of a game or something to invest into, so if you're just looking for something new to try, give it a try. It's fun for what it is. Yeah, I'm just going to say if you're interested, just just put it on your Steam list and get it if it goes on sale for dirt cheap. Yes, yes. Buy buy it on sale. I would agree. Yeah, do not pay full price for this. It is definitely not worth. And, you know, in my opinion, it's not even worth less than full price. But I guess I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. There might be some other people out there that share Logan's opinion. Dings. Yeah, I I I mean, honestly, I'd say that about every single game. Always try to find those Steam sales because they're fantastic. Fill up your library with so many games that you'll never play all of them ever in your life. It's a wonderful feeling to have. Yeah, Steam sales are great. That's a that's a 9 right there. All right, I'll give Steam sales a 9 out of 10. This this guy. This guy and his numbers. Shoot. Well, I think that's all for us. I uh, hope you enjoyed this mostly negative review. I was positive. Well, you positive, but even you let up and recognize this game's flaws at times. Yeah, I mean, I'm realistic at the end of the day, right? Well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and have a fantastic day. Bye bye